Adult content. Listener discretion is advised. When the song is sung, when the boy of the deep rises, on wingless blue, archer's twin of magic twine, the curse shall be known, the tree will bloom. Ways rise high, all shall know the time is nigh, for kin of five to be as one. Welcome to Florin, the song is sung, part one. The bar was dim, perfect for his eyes. He sat before a dark wooden counter, a mirror reflecting the different bottles of alcohol. Off to one side was a collection of beers on tap. Further down were the sinks where the barmen did the dishes. He sat on a wooden stool, with a back, no padding. Thanks. He muttered to the barman as she dropped off a cup of hot tea and a thing of honey. Most people came out to a bar to drink, to shoot the breeze, eat, or drown the day out but not Nikolai. He went out to pretend he really could fit into this world he'd been forced into. The woman behind the bar nodded. If you need anything else, detective, let me know. She winked, then headed off to take care of someone else. For the first time in nearly two weeks, Nikolai had a night off. There had been three murders in the tiefling area. Tieflings had scaly-looking hides ranging in the red and yellow family. Horns varying in style and shape, along with tails, which were as different as the horns. Even those in the same family had different horns and tails. They were the most unusual-looking of the races. The first murder appeared random, though Nikolai didn't think it was. The second, his fellows brushed off as coincidence. By the third, they were willing to admit something was going on, though none of them wanted to admit they were being carried out by one man. The white-haired officer rubbed his head. Wishing the tea would remove the doubts, he was sure all three were done by one person, getting one house, for a given reason. What that reason was, he'd no clue. They needed to find out who the victims were, which house they belonged to, but so far his requests had been ignored. Damn fools. He grumbled, swearing in his native tongue. Florn was run by mobs. Each race had at least six different houses, families, clans, or tribes, which ran certain areas within the different racial districts. No one forced the races to segregate. They'd done that themselves. Sure, a few lived outside the race, but for the most part, they stuck together. Not everyone was connected to the mob, even if they did live in the mob-controlled areas. Members were marked in some fashion. The method depended as much on the race as it did on the mob. He lifted his mug and took a slow sip of the hot liquid. He should be home, but his gut told him there'd be another body. Soon. Hey there, sweetheart. A warm hand touched his cooler arm. The yellow man lifted his eye from the mug, found the pale-skinned arm up to meet dark brown almond-shaped eyes. He noted the sharp ears and pale hair. The woman was Elven. Hi, fair folk. History colored his perception of them all. But he'd met a few he could stand. He didn't mind the other Ven, but then they hadn't tried to force their fellows to be like them. Greetings. She smiled warmly. Her eyes didn't dilate as they should. She clearly had more to drink than was appropriate. Well, aren't you formal? I'm Catla, and you are? Nikolai. His name gave nothing away, at least as far as his race went, unless one saw in print. He'd been told by every teacher since coming south he didn't spell it right. 
One had gone so far as to mark his papers lower until he learned to spell his name the way the teacher thought it should be. Thankfully, the man who took him in came to his aid. Oh, sexy name. What brings you here? She was trying to flirt and doing it badly. Nikolai studied her. She wasn't unattractive, but she was a few years older than him, say three? Two years too young for his taste. She was clearly out to get laid, another turn off. Her outfit screamed willing and wanting. Nikolai didn't like anything to be easy. Easy was just another way of saying slut without the implication she slept around. The hot tea. He wished he could brush her arm off and go back to his musings. The yellow Ben blinked slowly, as though her mind needed moments to comprehend. Hot tea? They serve that here. Most places do. A proper bar might not, but he currently sat in a sports bar, which served food, drink, and entertainment. Currently, there were three or four different games playing on the TVs about the place. He didn't understand sports. The bizarre mix of rules. Maybe if he'd been born here, he'd have grasped the thrill of watching someone else play a sport. Maybe. He left his mug and took a sip. Learn something every day. She leaned close. Her breath smelled a stale beer. Wanna get out of here? I know a much better way to warm up. So she'd noted how much cooler he was. Even with as flushed as her skin was, somewhere in her drink-addled mind she'd registered he was cooler than he should be. He'd been remarked on a few times. A nurse had tried to claim he was sick when his temperature had been taken to school. Not all that surprising, as his race had been reported as dead and gone for hundreds of years. Nikolai still couldn't decide if this was to cover the fact that every single army that came to claim their land had been defeated, or if it was because his people hadn't been seen hadn't left their homeland since their arrival. Whatever the reason, he was the first Aliban to be seen outside their homeland. His whole race was at least ten degrees cooler than the Aliban. They had stark white hair, which they wore long, marking their years, the same white eyes, and skin like snow. Each Aliban could use ice magic, though most weren't well trained anymore. They were all hardened warriors, with an elder they called father, and the moon goddess they called Mother. They lived in the far north, in a wasteland of ice and snow, calling it home for a thousand years. They lost touch with the world outside their borders, seeing no one except the armies which came to invade their home. What really marked them now was Nikolai was the last of his kind. Nikolai's people had been wiped out when a demon arrived to claim the song. He'd been told to run, and so he did, taking with him ten other young ones, those unable to fight. However, before they reached the closest village, four died. The other six, Nikolai could only assume had succumbed after he'd been shipped south. I'm sure you do. He carefully moved her hand as a phone went off. Who's that? The woman purred, trying to read the name, as though it was any of her business. Nikolai could have answered half a dozen different ways. Most would have been kinder. My partner. He pressed the button. Go. He heard the huff. Then the presence left. Sorry, Nikolai. I know this is the first free night we've had. Sachi, I expected this. Where are you? Sachi was his work partner. 
He'd asked to be paired with a woman, believing as all his people did. The female was needed to balance the male, as the male was to the female. I know you did. Doesn't mean I like it. Nor do I. Where are you? Oh, three blocks south of Hemming. Want me to pick you up? Nikolai tossed a few bills on his bar. No need. I'll walk. I can get you faster. I doubt that. It will take me 20 minutes to walk to your location. It will be just as long for you to get me. You might have a point. Fine. See you in 20. But I could fill you in while we drive. Nikolai rolled his eyes as he shouldered his jacket. Fill me in as I walk. He pushed open the door, hit with the cold blast of winter and the sound of rushing cars. The small halos of streetlights which lined the sidewalk at intervals. They'd never be as cold here as what he'd grown up with. Alright, you win. We have another tiefling. Still not sure what house he's from. He's marked. I think you'd know better. Nikolai had spent the first part of his career on the forest with the gang department, better known as the gang squad. Their job was mostly to keep tabs on the different factions and make sure they didn't cause too many problems. For who? Sachi had no clue, as the department never seemed to arrest anyone. Shot, close range, we might have witnesses this time. Four others were taken to the hospital before I could arrive. Interesting. Also, Tiefling? Yep. Any idea why there were others? He pressed a free hand to his ear, trying to block out the sound of the intersection. Well, I could guess. Best theory? They were guards. This seems to be one of the gambling halls. We have a bag of money. Could be the cause of the shooting. Nikolai paused at a light, waiting for it to change. Why not take the cash, then? Oh, good point. Not sure. Maybe they didn't have time? <laughs> Let me guess. You asked the same thing, and the bag was pointed out as a motive. Hmm, you got me, boss. I shouldn't be surprised. Sachi was a smart woman, quick-witted and tough as nails. She'd make detectives someday, if she wanted to. He couldn't have asked for a better partner. Interesting. Somebody else thought the money might be the reason to kill, yet they hadn't taken the bag. Who suggested it? Who do you think? Crack. Crack was an elven with no brain. He hated nearly every race, despised Nikolai for being Alaban and his superior when he believed he was the better cop, ignored Sachi because she wasn't Ven at all, nearly costing them the collar when he'd refused to follow orders. Nikolai tried to have the four removed, but his superior declined the request. The Alaban would bet anything the commissioner kept his hands tied, wanting more Elven on his team, if only to drive him and the other races out while keeping the bad guys on the street. I should have guessed. Do you have any... Mm, unimportant paperwork back at the office he could do? Oh, I'm sure I can come up with something. <laughs> Good. Anything else you can tell me? Yeah, we don't have a corner. He's... Mm, but... Until who knows when. Nikolai sighed, glad he wasn't too far out. The traffic thin, making it easier to hear her. I see. In other words, our wonderful commissioner is keeping him in-house for unknown reasons. Any notion on why? For sure. Maybe to keep us out here all night with our thumbs up our asses? Could be. 
Any idea who was on duty? Uh, I think Masik? If so, call him. Tell him the also needs him right now. Sure thing, boss. His time in the gang squad had been well spent. He made friends, or at least a name for himself. That name carried real weight both in and out of the different clans. Tonight, he'd use his title to get the people he needed on sight. He would solve this, no matter what the commissioner wanted. He slowed his steps, hoping to get the M.E. time to arrive before he did. Less than a block away, he could see the flashing lights illuminating the crime scene. The red, green, and blue of the police. Yellow and red for the fire and EMT. If he hadn't been walking, he might have been blinded. His eyes were designed for the snow, meaning he had a harder time adjusting to sunlight changes, hence why he didn't drive. He could just make out the wagon pulling up, last in line. Good. By the time he got there, Masik would be ready to work. Stepping into the floodlights, he blinked. The powerful lights were brought out, giving them enough light to see by and hopefully not miss a clue. No matter how slowly he approached, they always bothered him. Once his eyes had a chance to adjust, he spied Sachi, the golden spell scale, standing beside the small blue-skinned Riki, a large building behind them with only a double glass door. Spell scales were the only proof dragons had ever graced their world. They ranged in color. He'd never seen a true white, those who claimed to be, though, were normally a sort of gray. Purple was another color not seen, but there were stories, another island full of them. The Riki was another matter. They were blue-skinned, no taller than four foot, and often it was impossible to tell the difference between the sexes. He'd learned, but only after spending two years undercover, working in their clan. He approached, knowing the small marks on the ground. What do you have, Doctor? Young, too young, way too young. He's dead, for sure dead. Any idea when he died? No. Yes, yes, yes! Three hours ago. No more, no more. I see. Anything else? Yes, yes, oh yes. Cause of death. Shot, then stabbed. Three times, three times. Stabbed three times. Not in the same place. One to cover the bullet, the others... in anger? Others might become frustrated with Riki's manner of speech, but not Nikolai. He understood the more important something was, the more they repeated the word. Or set of words. In this case, they were more important for Nikolai to know. The gunshot killed him, then he was stabbed three times. How did he have time? Sachi, you said others were present. Yeah. She nodded knowing the marks now that Masik had pointed them out. Could have been badly hurt. Might not have been able to do much. Maybe, yes. Far too deep. Very deep. Very, very deep. Masik, you are familiar with the other three tieflings who have recently been killed. One shot. Two shot. Why stabbed. Yes, yes, yes. He looked back at the body. Both methods. Likes both. Both. Run the full gamut, and on the others if you can. There might be a link. Sachi, they still refuse to allow us access to the files in the gang squad. You bet. The departments don't work together. Only because they do not want to. Call Vicken. He'll release them to me. Look back at the wiki. Anything else you can tell me? Yes, not new. Not new. Older. See? 
He pointed at the scars which marked the victim's head. Five years in. Five years. Five short years. Thank you. I'll leave you to your work. Put a rush on this, please. I would rather not allow this man more victims if I can't help it. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do. He then bent to his work. At least his reports didn't have repeated words. Nikolai walked away, trying to get a feel for the sight. What might have happened? He paused to look at the tags to try and understand what they represented. A few of the larger ones marked where a person had been. Other smaller ones, items. He turned, looking at the building. No cameras he could see. Not surprising. No guards, either. With a lack of windows, he bet Sachi was right and this was a gambling hall. Why not kill them? He's been ordered only to kill certain people. Has a list he has to follow. Wasn't sure if the others were his mark. Sachi lifted her hand off the speaker of her phone. Hey, any chance we can get a few records released? What sort do you think? Yeah, those dealing with the house. Oh, really? One sec. She handed the phone off. Seems they, they have to have your confirmation for this. Since when? Nikolai took the offer device. Vicken, I want everything you have on the tiefling houses. I don't give a worse ass what you were told. Release them to me. Of course, I could let that little... Ah, good. Please. And if you could send the photos of the markings to this number, thank you. Vicken, the next time I ask for records, I expect them delivered as soon as I request them. If I have to make this sort of call again, it will get out. He hung up, handing the phone back. <laughs> I'd love to know what you have on him. So would I. Let's see if we can match the marks to the house. Tieflings had houses, which ran the mob. Riki had clans, the Lidorn, the cat-like people, had tribes. The Varven, better known as Deep Elves, and Elven both used the term family for those who ran the mobs. Spell skills were the only race which didn't have one, nor did they have a real area to call their own. They lived in one of the larger neutral zones. Between each race, there were three to ten blocks, which no one controlled. While the mayor and the commissioner both claimed the mob around areas had the most crime, Nikolai didn't see it. He'd seen more bodies in the neutral zone than in any mob area, if one excluded the Elven. Florin had been built by the Elven, a last refuge, as they tried to flee from the tieflings who pursued them across the New World. The tieflings waged a war against the Elven for centuries. They'd pushed some off-continent. Each time the Elven settled, the tieflings would come in and destroy the city, laying waste to the people. Finally, the Eleven had enough. They surrendered in Florin, signing a treaty with the tieflings. No longer would the tieflings attack them, but no city built by the Eleven would be theirs alone. Thanks to the ongoing hostilities, they weren't as powerful as they tried to claim. They'd lost much before the war, and even more after. Few knew the full terms, and fewer still cared or even knew the only reason Florin stood was because of that sheet of paper. Sachi, when we clear this up, I believe it is time we investigate the root cause of our troubles. The mayor? Yeah, I think you could be right. Not sure we'll learn anything more here. CSI is here. They are. Masak brought them with him. 
He was muttering something about dispatch being fools and not doing their job. <laughs> the yellow band didn't doubt Masik was upset. He didn't like fools, and he knew how important it was for the police to have the evidence quickly if they were to catch a perpetrator. Who is in the office? Little Miss Nails. Little Miss... Oh, fella. An elven who thought she was better than everyone else, often making life difficult on anyone not of her race. She spent more time doing her nails while on the clock than working, and then got upset when she was forced to answer the phone before they had a chance to dry. Nikolai wouldn't doubt she'd been given strict orders not to do anything quickly, unless it were for her own people. I wonder. A hint of a smirk was all the clues that she got. I'd say don't do anything to jeopardize your job, but I know better. What are you thinking? For now, it is unimportant. We had this to close first. Now, shall we? He nodded her phone. Right. That's who he belongs with. They headed back to the body. Two hours in the cold, and he was ready for a break. At least they had a house now. Haki Lao, eighth house. Second from last. I wonder why them? He asking in the cold interior of the car. They hadn't learned much else from the scene of crime. The perpetrator came in, made his kill, and left, sticking around long enough to either take their wallet or ID. Maybe they'd get lucky thanks to the other victims, but Nikolai doubted it. Most members wouldn't speak to the cops, even if it meant stopping a killer. What do you know about Hakilao? Nothing. Yet. He reached over and turned off the blowers. Why the hell you need those on? I would never know. I thought your people came from a tropical island. We did. Generations ago, cold blood. You are one to speak, lizard. And here I was going to drive you to a nice bakery. As if you would allow my slight to stop you. <laughs> Good point. She pulled away from the curb, heading to the small, locally owned bakery. They served the best baked goods, sandwiches on very fresh bread, and a superior cup of coffee. They also did a good cup of tea. It was one of the best places to talk, eat, and relax when they were working a case. Nikolai grabbed the sunglasses she kept in the car for him, leaning back, letting the scene play before his eyes. Nothing struck him as out of place, other than the four survivors. Why not kill them? Why not take the money? Why do these people have to die, but not others? He sat up, glancing at Sachi. It makes no sense to me. Me either. Maybe those files will shed some light on things? He sent them to your email as well. Good. I would rather have hard copies. Do you mind dropping me at my place after we eat? Not at all. We sleep? Perhaps, if I can find answers. Once the car was parked, he opened the door and stepped out. The smell of fresh baked goods filled his nose. Come, we have not eaten since the meal was sent in. Stepping in, they headed for an empty seat. They had plenty to pick from, as there wasn't another soul in the place. A woman filled two cups, one with coffee and the other with water. 
Most of the workers knew the two, at least by sight, if not name. Detective Douglas and Sergeant Sachi were recognizable. Evening officers? Can I get you anything else? Yes, food. What is your freshest, warmest bread you have? Mm, the three cheese. I'd like your turkey melt on that. No, mayo. But I would like extra cheese melted on. Ham melt. Same bread. Chips. She lifted her mug. If you had them fresh, your cheese clubs? We do. For both of you? Yes, please. When she departed, I did not even think to ask about those. He selected a tea, dropped the bag in, and waited. Read what we have, please. As it was Sachi foam, he couldn't read the files himself. The brightness on all electronics had to be so low, no one else could see the screen at all. His work computer appeared to be off, unless one saw the green light, which indicated it was running. Sure. Sachi pulled out her phone. House is run by Asa. According to this, the patriarch died a number of years back. She was the oldest, so she took over, against the wisdom of others. Interesting. Anything about the old man? Mm, plenty. Not sure how much will help. Like I said, he died a number of years back. This says there were three offspring, two boys. The wife died in Charbush with the youngest. Never remarried. He ran the house well, but didn't push to move up in placement. When Asa took over, they lost allies. Not good. Tieflings didn't go through allies like the Riki. If the Haki Lao house lost all their allies, they might as well be last for all they'd be able to do. Without at least one, they'd never be able to move product or people through house-controlled lands. Has she made any? This says no. According to the report, she's been quoted as saying they don't need allies. She read on, finding more quotes from the young woman. Oh, wow. She's... I can see why others didn't want her to run things. She claims she'll lead all the tieflings in another few years. That is a big boast. He dipped a cheese glob into a small thing of sauce. Nikolai wasn't sure what the mix of spices was, but he knew the house sauce made the dish. Does it say how she's going to pull this off? No, but this does say she likes to piss off the other houses. Listen to this. As the only woman to lead a house, I know the sort of unfair treatment I'll receive. I'll speak to your women folk who will treat me with the respect I deserve. A very foolish move, as most tiefling wives, if there was one, didn't know a thing about the house, the running of affairs, or business. She'd be better off speaking to a wall than the women. Where are the brothers? This gives me the impression her second, possibly her middle brother, really runs things. The youngest, no, no. Could be dead or ran away. Or in hiding. Either one could move to overthrow her. If they had the backing. They'd be hard-pressed to move without her knowing. But it wasn't impossible. Sashi grabbed a hunk of cheese before Nikolai could. Now they had these murders. Thoughts? Could be the brothers setting her up. Someone who doesn't like what's going on. Another house looking to destroy them. Plenty of options. Is there anything in there about the brothers? She scrolled through the pages. Yeah, the cure, the middle one. He's been heard to say she's going to bring them to ruin. Their father never wanted her to lead. The house was to be theirs. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the younger brother's still around. Could be right. The wording implies as much. Either the man died before he could make his wishes known, 
she hid the truth, or she killed anyone who knew. Is there a number for this to cure? He might just be what they needed. No, a number for her with a note. Do not use unless caller plans to assassinate her. Seems not even the department likes her. Which wasn't saying much. Sachi set the phone down as the food arrived. Looks great. Smells better. Nikolai took the offer plate, removing the small wooden stick which kept it all together, and took a good, healthy bite. Perfect, he announced before the woman could leave them. Sachi studied her own meal, picked a side, and sank her sharp teeth into it. Oh, this is divine. She took another bite, chewing slowly, savoring the meal. Should I ask where you were before this? A local bar. I had hoped to find some peace among others. No luck. Did I interrupt anything good? No. And Elevan hoped, but she was too young. Sorry. Just her age, which was a no-go? She knew all about his odd proclivity. He liked his women at least five years older than himself. No. She was also drunk, seeking the comfort of a man with no strings. Oh, lovely. Let me guess. Slutty attire? Begging to be fucked? Correct. Her from Shane? No, nor do I expect to. Shane was his foster brother, a little one whose mother decided her alcohol was more important than her son. When his father died, she'd all but tossed him out. Shane had been angry, claiming the courts took him away from his mother who loved him. In order to help, Nikolai had written a letter to her, with Shane's help, revealing the sad truth. After Shane got closer to Nikolai... When Shane came out as gay, their relationship had turned to something more of a bed partnership and less brotherhood. For Nikolai, the relationship ended, at least until he saw the fur-covered male. Shane had terrible luck with men, and while he tried to keep his distance, it didn't always work out as either wished. He is busy with college. And you don't miss him at all? I did not say that. He dunked another cheese wedge into the sauce. Even so... I am busy, and so is he. But if he showed up tomorrow? I might. Yes, I suppose I would. Then just stick with him. Stop pretending you don't like him. It's not about liking or disliking. He's not meant for me. We do not care for each other in that manner. Our partnership is about the physical need, not the emotional. Unless that changes, we'll never be more than haywarmers. A what? What are the term you use? A uh, fuck, buddy? A uh, fuck... Yes, that. Shame. He's cute. Uh, for a cat. I have to know how. Date one and find out. Know enough about my sex life, or lack of. Oh, you're no fun. He couldn't shake the feeling Asla's attitude was part of the reason. The question which would haunt him the rest of the night was whether Asa was the motive or the method. Sachi dropped him off at the curb. Pick you up at eight? It was nearly six in the morning now. Between their time at the crime scene, their long night at the bakery, only to head back to the station to work on paperwork, Nikolai wouldn't get any sleep. Thankfully, his people didn't need much. A few hours, every few days, and they'd be fine. However, he was drawing near the end of that. If he didn't sleep soon, he'd be unable to function. 
The spell skills needed a bit more than the Alaban. She had to be nearing her limit as well. Noon, I believe. Nikolai! She began leaning over the passenger seat to speak to him through the open window. We cannot do anything more until we have the autopsy report. No matter how quickly Masik would like to get to it, I doubt he'll have anything for a few days, if we are lucky. He could get the body in today. But you're right, the odds aren't good. Masik would work as quickly as he could, but with a city this large, he would be hard-pressed to get to him today. Each day, hundreds of bodies needed to be processed, many of them from natural causes. But until they were examined, it was impossible to be sure. And if he does, we shall go in. There's... We've had too many sleepless nights, too many days without rest. While I can go for several more, there is no reason to. For now, we are spinning our wheels. We need to step back, get a fresh perspective. At noon, we should go in, read everything again, put up a board, and see what we are missing. We shall find nothing if we are tired and irritable. We will do no one any good if we do not take care of ourselves. Am I clear? Yeah, I know you're right. I just... I hate it. I know. He reached in and patted her on before he stepped back, heading to a small house. Ass! To many, Nikolai seemed uncaring, humorless, and cold, but she'd worked with him for the last two years and knew him better than anyone else on the force. He cared deeply, laughed freely, if one knew what they were seeing, and was as warm as a campfire. He was a hell of a cop, and the best damn partner she ever had. You should be commissioner. Nikolai didn't appear to pay any attention to his surroundings, yet he knew everything going on about him. He took the two steps to a small white porch. The walkway was shrouded in bushes, which hadn't seen a tremor since he bought the place. His attached garage was used as storage for the things Shane wanted to keep, but didn't have room for at college. The driveway had long since gone to seed, and now it was part of the lawn. The concrete which had been there had been broken up and removed over the years he'd lived in the place. The paint was peeling, large patches of wood could easily be seen. One summer, Nikolai would need to take some time off and power wash the house to remove the old paint, then paint it once more. Maybe one day he'd care, but as he didn't have to look at it, and the worse the place looked, the less he had to pay in property tax, he didn't mind the poor exterior. Unlocking the steel door, he pushed it open. That was one of the many changes he'd done to the house since he bought it. Stepping into his living room, he poked at the fire, adding more wood to it. He didn't have a TV. Besides not being home, he couldn't watch it. Before the fireplace was his chair, a small table beside it, and his ever-present mug with a jar of honey he kept. Once the fire was crackling happily, he headed up. This was where the bulk of the changes had taken place. He'd had a few walls knocked out, changing the five bedrooms into three. One he used as a library. He'd run out of shelves and started stacking books on the floor. He didn't have time to read much these days. One of the rooms was the original size. He turned that into a spare room. Shane had insisted on making up the bed, though no one had used the room before or since. His own room was nearly twice the size of what the place had been built with. It was large enough for a king-sized bed, two dresses, and a walk-in closet. He had two walls knocked out and then a door added so the bathroom could be attached. The contractor he'd hired to do the work hadn't known what to think when Nikolai insisted on a sunken tub. One which would remain at a given temperature, with the option to drain the water off. 
In his room, he stripped, tossing his shirt to a pile of clothes he washed the next time he had an hour or two free. Towing off his shoes, he sighed, removing the wool socks he wore. Only then did he pad to the bathroom, letting his pants drop as he turned the heat up on the water. As the water heated, he pulled his hair free of the ponytail, letting the long white locks hang free. He kicked his pants towards the corner, then sank into the water with a soft moan. He groaned, realizing he hadn't plugged his phone in. It will keep. He'd still been in the far north in the age of beepers. By the time he arrived in the south, the age of flip phones was in high swing. Now the smart phone ruled the market. In Nikolai's mind, they were dumber than the one he used. Yes, his could only make calls and receive simple texts, but that was all he needed it to do. He could see the usefulness of a portable computer in one's pocket, but for him, it would be too much. The warm water soaked into his bones. He didn't like the cold. Never had. After his baptism in ice, it had been far worse. He might miss his homeland, but not the freezing, biting winds which ravaged the open snow flats. He might miss his people, the way of life, but not the hungry nights when game was scarce. He wished for the glen where his goddess shrine resided and the lake where the ice lilies grew, but he didn't miss the miles of snow which marked the path before the warm, green sanctuary. He didn't miss sleeping on piles of cloth or straw rather than a bed, though he did miss his parents dearly. He was the last of a dead race, his culture long gone. When he died, the Alaban would truly end. He couldn't have children with any other race but his own. He didn't know why, but the doctors confirmed it. Even the Alaban, who could reproduce with nearly any race, he wouldn't bear a child with. His people didn't have mysteries. Didn't have murder. Puzzles were unheard of. They had warriors, herdmasters, crop growers, healers, blacksmiths, hunters, a few lore masters, and an eluder. They had no need for the police. If he'd remain, if his people lived, he'd have become a warrior, as he'd been trained to be, part of the army which protected the land from invaders. In many ways, he liked this better even with all the drawbacks. He pressed a digital control, turning it up more. He wanted harder to burn the cave from his mind so he could look at it anew. For a long time, he tried to clear his head to force all thoughts of the case away. But in the end, it was pointless. He rose, wrung the water from his hair, grabbed a towel off the rack, and dried quickly. He donned a shirt and a loose-fitting pair of jeans. It taken year for him to be comfortable in jeans rather than the soft wool of his homeland. Shirts were just as hard, as every one of them felt scratchy against his skin. Finally, his master, the man who'd taken him in and given him a home when none others could reach him, found a pure cotton shirt. For the first time since he came south, Nikolai had been comfortable in what most people thought of as normal attire. The thought of his master drove him to his dress pants and the phone. He pulled it out, glad to see there was still plenty of charge, then dialed a number he knew well. The old spell scale would be up, mixing his day's supplies. Hello, young one. 
Oh, did you know it was I? The Alban switched to his native tongue, something he didn't get to speak unless he was talking to his master. Would you believe I foresaw it? <laughs> no, you do not have that gift. <laughs> True enough. I suspected you were called sooner or later. I noticed your name is attached as head detective on these murders. Is that what you are calling about? Zakith was a wise old herbalist. He'd spent time in the Alaban village years before Nikolai had been born. When Nikolai was shipped south, the woman in charge of his placement went to the old spell scale in search of aid in how to deal with the quiet lad. Zakith offered to take him in. While his old training had been put on hold, he learned another set of skills. He'd woke at dawn, as he was used to, helping to mix the potions the old spell scale sold. For the first year, he'd been taught by the old man. Through the spell scale and his command of the Alaban tongue, Nikolai eased into a world very alien to what that which he knew. When they had another palm child, it was Nikolai who suggested Zakith take him in. Six months later, Nikolai and Shane went to school. Once more, Zakith proved to be the best choice for the two of them, often coming down to the school to explain why Nikolai shouldn't be punished or why Shane had lashed out and Nikolai had kept things from getting out of hand. Ever since Nikolai was taken in by Zakith, he'd been called Young One. Nikolai had been a few years short of his adult test. When he turned 15, he was no longer a child, but he couldn't be called an adult in his culture without the test of adulthood. As such, Nikolai would remain a young one, stuck between child and adult. That would be correct. I wish your input, Master. He stirred the fire before moving the ever-present cast-iron kettle closer to the flame to heat up. I do not know what I can tell you, young one. You studied all races? Help me understand the tieflings better. Hmm. I fear you know them better than I do, Nikolai. Your history is better kept than our own. We have lost much over time. I know that. I do not ask for their history, but the present. Help me understand. I do not know why they do what they do. Ah, young one. I doubt I can explain the actions any better than you can witness. You are wise. You shall solve this. Perhaps. Tell me this. Why not kill the witnesses? What witnesses? Last night, our killer struck. He killed one, but left four others injured. Zakith made a sound, a mix between a growl and a snort. Nikolai would bent. It was swear words in his own language. I see. That does seem odd. Your theory? Leaning forward, he started to prepare for the water. The best idea I have is our perp has only a select few he wishes dead. Perhaps he believes he is safe, and those who saw him will not tell. Perhaps he wants them to talk. Wants his actions known? Maybe he does not care if they know. I do not know, and this worries me. I do not know enough about tieflings to be able to solve this. And you believe I know more? Mm, perhaps you are right. Unlike the Elven, tieflings do not kill without reason. 
Even in the war they wage, they do not kill those not involved. So you believe I am correct? Those he attacked and left alive were not his target. Hmm. Perhaps. Or perhaps they were defending his mark, so he struck, removing them from action so he could make his kill. Let me pose another question, then. Why shoot the victim, then stab him? Ah, I see there's much left out. Hmm, I do not know. A knife is personal. Perhaps he wanted to make clear this was a personal matter. Ah, uh, but then why shoot them? Unless he did not want to get close enough until it was safe. put the kettle back off to the side, keeping it close enough to the fire to remain hot, but not boiling. Nothing makes sense about this case. Tell me what you know. Perhaps I can help you make sense of the pieces. The elf ended, leaving nothing out. When he was done, he was on his second cup, feeling more frustrated than he had when he'd walked into the house. I can see why you are confused. This killer does not fit a pattern. He hits the second lowest house, but beyonds. If he wished to make a statement, why not go after the head of the house? Where are the brothers? Do they act with her or against? Yes, young one, I believe your hope lies in those left alive. Let us pray they will speak to you. I can only hope they do. Otherwise, I'm unsure that this will ever stop. Oh, it will. Once this man has killed all he feels he needs to, he will vanish. Unlike others, tieflings do not kill endlessly until God. I have that to look forward to, then. Thank you. Hmm, perhaps when this mess is over, you will come for dinner? I miss your company, young one. As I miss yours, master. If my time is my own, I will come. Thank you. You have given me much to think about. I did nothing but listen. But if that helps you, good. Take care and be safe. Then he was gone, leaving Nikolai to drink his tea and think. Before long, he had the files in his lap, paging through them, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle where they belonged so he could see the gaps and what he had left to learn. By the time Sachi arrived to pick him up, he was no closer to a solution, and no more rested than he had been when he walked through the door. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Walking to Florin. Join us next time for The Song is Sung, Part 2. Written, directed, and produced by Clark Panther. Follow me on social media at Minds, Tumblr, and Discord. Links below. Welcome to Florin is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribute Non-Commercial Share Alike License 4.0 International.